On this episode of Internet Dragons TV, we tackle last week's PlayStation Meeting 2013 and give our thoughts on the PS4 announcement. This is Roger, and this week I'm joined by both Vince and Joe. Enjoy the show. week we were treated to a PlayStation meeting 2013 meetup and that was on the uh, on Wednesday last week and what we were told was about the new console obviously it had been rumored for quite a while that this was going to be announced and then as it got closer it was obvious that we were going to get a console announcement but we didn't have all of the details in terms of what to expect from the console hell we knew more in terms of rumors about the freaking DualShock controller than we did about the console so on Wednesday there was the uh, the it was at what it was at 6 p.m. Eastern time they started mm-hmm. up and it actually they had said it was probably going to last for quite a while and sure enough it did we were looking at a couple of hours now that said we're going to talk about it this podcast ain't going to last two hours <laughs> now what we got at this uh, PlayStation meeting was we got not just the announcement about the console, but we got a whole bunch of reps from different game development companies. We got Guerrilla Games, Sucker Punch, Evolution Studios, Japan Studios, Activision and Bungie showed up. Hell, we even had Blizzard show up, as well as others. We did get more information about the DualShock 4 controller as well. Now, what we didn't see, and we're going to get into this and out of the way immediately, just so that it can get out of... (laughs) and not bother talking about this anymore is we didn't get to see the actual PS4. Now, this actually prompted tons of discussions, some webcomics even, and I'm sorry, if you made a webcomic about this and you think you're clever, you're just a fucking dipshit. Um, But we did not get to actually see the control. No, you are not. (laughs) But again, we got like nine, ten months until this comes out, all we would have been seeing is an artist's prototype of it that was empty inside. There's going to be lots of time for this to change. Basically, it's going to be a little black or white box with a whole bunch of ports on it. Use your imagination from there on. That said, were you boys actually disappointed that you didn't get to see the little imaginary box? Not particularly. I mean, I would have liked to have seen a mock-up or artist's concept of it because I like that type of stuff. But it wasn't like, oh, no, the world is ending. Yeah, I, I wasn't disappointed. Like, like you said, you know, we can pretty much figure out what it's going to look like. It, it, black box. The, the appearance of it itself isn't really going to matter. Black but but you brought it up on Twitter. That's why I read your thing yes. and I'm going, Yes, you and, and I, I will elaborate on this <laughs> because I do think that Sony did need to show something. While I personally don't care. If you looked, you know, Thursday morning, even Wednesday night, if they had shown something, every headline across the internet and every newspaper, any place you could find would be, this is the PlayStation 4. Without actually having something, even a prototype or a concept concept art to show off, it really hurts their media presence. And that's something Sony really can't afford right now. I disagree. I disagree because this was everywhere regardless of that. And so just a a picture to put along with your blog post, I disagree. And, and, and see, and I was looking at some of the live feeds as well, and you actually linked one as well. I won't bother who it was, saying who it was, but um, it was and it better was, than the Twitch one. It was literally every little while it, they they wound up making a trying to make a joke, an ongoing joke of this that it was mentioned a half dozen times throughout the entire live feed. When we're going to see it? Can I see it? Can I see it? And it was like you're making yourself look like a juvenile jackass at this point. Seriously, it's it, it, it was so unprofessional. It's like give me a friggin' break. It's an imaginary box that they went out of their way to give so much information in terms of the stats, which is what matters. Who cares about the? It's just again these freaking journalists that all they care about is getting as many fee, er, many it's, views on their page. It's not just, Let's just be it's sensational. Journalists though, it's it's that's just people in general. People tend to like the shiny new. They like to yeah. see. They like to have like that shiny new object that they can look at. And if you look at most of the releases of any game system for the last, I'd even say decade, 
it, a lot of it always revolves around this art, artistic representation of the console on top of everything else. When the Wii U was was first announced, it was all about that looks just like a Wii, or you know that controller yeah, looks w- like this, and, and it looks like that. And people are very visual. It's stupid, but that's how people are. I personally, I mean, like I said, I agree with Vince. I think that it was something that even if it was just the concept art for it, like a couple mock-ups or like this is what our artists are, you know, envision the PS4 as looking like, you know, obviously still a work in progress. But just a little bit of a tidbit like that, a little bit of a crumb would have erased the only negative thing that anybody has really said about it so far. I think the main thing is so much has changed in the media since the last PlayStation came out. You know, Agreed. even looking back at the the Vita, the 3DS, the Wii U, those really long, you know, really slow buildups to new hardware releases don't work anymore, simply because of what Apple has done. Whenever Apple has something new to show off, they come out in their press conference and they tell you four things: this is what it does, this is what it looks like, this is how much it costs, and this is how when you can buy it. And consumers. Casual fans, observers, a lot of people have come to expect to know those four things. Well, and and you mentioned the the Wii. When it was first announced, all of the attention was on the game controller. True. It was actually, there was next to no pictures of the actual console itself because it's a little square, white or black box. Who cares? Anyways, let's get away from there now and actually talk about the console. So the console is going to be an 8-core 64-bit, and they are working off of PC specs, essentially. So you're looking at the quote-unquote Jaguar CPU build by AMD, and then it's going to be a Radeon GPU comprised of 18 compute units, quote-unquote. Um, it's going to be cranking out 1.84 teraflops. It's going to be a lot more powerful than what is now. What is ex- actually really going to be helping is the insane amount of RAM that they're putting in this sucker. 8 gigs of DDR5. DDR5. As compared <laughs> to the freaking 256 megabytes of DDR3 that you get in the current consoles. Uh, so huge boost. When they were talking to developers after the um, the, the press conference, all of them were agreeing. Like they, they, they saw that and it gives them so much more room to play with and have fun and do things with. Uh, they are going with the Blu-ray drive, of course, with this one as well. And they are saying that it's going to have, of course, the wireless and Wi-Fi USB 3 with this one, which is good. You're getting much faster uh, speeds if you put another hard drive attached to it. Bluetooth 2.0, HDMI, blah, blah, blah. Same as usual for the rest of it. Again, in terms of core specs this is going to be phenomenal for what we can expect from them and what a lot of people need to realize because some people were looking at the footage and some of the games yes do definitely look like next gen although some people were once again making the mistake of comparing it to pc graphics which you can't because it's never going to be as good as a good PC. But in comparing it to the PS3, it's leaps and bounds ahead. But what people have to realize again is that you can't really compare it to the PS3 of now. You have to compare it to the launch of the PS3 Mm -hmm. because this is the launch of this. The developers have not had that much time with this. I mean, when they were talking to, I think it was um, Gilles Guimont from Ubisoft, if I'm not mistaken, afterwards, and he was saying like they'd only just seen the controller like the day before. So they still had not seen a lot of the different things about the console. So they have not yet really used it to its max. That's going to come later on. Well, the main we, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, fine then. <laughs> the main thing that that I, I'm happy to see here is that they are using a more familiar architecture because that is the one thing that held the PS2 and the PS3 back was they had you know these phenomenal capabilities, but they used you know voodoo inside to actually need to use it to its fullest point and developers really had a hard time with that. I mean, look at uh, New Vegas or Skyrim. Bethesda is not, you know, a crappy developer. They just flat out can't get those games to work right on PS3. So having a more familiar architecture that makes it easier for developers to create games for your platform is something I actually wasn't expecting to see from Sony, and I'm really happy that I did. Oh, what I liked is that right from the get-go, that is the focus that we got mm-hmm. and and they did they did a good job by doing that because we all remember what happened with the PS3 
and how at the beginning there weren't nearly enough developers coding for it because they were having such difficulty for it and they just didn't plain like it. I mean, hell, you don't have to look any further than Valve initially, their, their hatred of that console. And so to know that now, however, they actually in developing it, went to them, to everyone, to see what they wanted in a console. So what that means is, A, you're getting a console that's going to be so much more powerful than the PS3, but not just that, you can expect a ton of freaking games, not just from established developers, but also from new indie developers, which they kept mentioning over and over again as well. Well, I think and a lot of people are excited about this, not just like, you know, you and me, but people that are developers. Like I have a friend who's a system uh, tools creator for one of the major developers out there. And his response after that was, wow, that's actually really exciting. Now actual like companies that have been focusing entirely on PCs can now start looking at maybe bridging into consoles, which is going to have a positive impact on the industry as a whole because it gives growth to these companies that we love. It gives the ability that we might see games that, you know, beyond Diablo 3 uh, to actually make the leap from the PC to the console in a very solid manner in a way that's not going to be dumbed down or stripped and not just improperly working. And that's kind of exciting right there because how many games would you love to, to be able just to sit on your couch and toss onto the – that would look great on a console or that you think would look great on your giant massive TV instead of your, your computer monitor? Yeah, you know? all of them. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, that's good about them using PC architecture is that it's going to be keeping the price down. Uh, this is something that Sony Wildwide... Which they need to do. Yeah, Worldwide Studios president uh, Shuhei, what is it, Shuhei? Shuhei, Shuhei Yoshida was talking about, and he said, uh, the architecture choice we have made this time around has allowed us not to invest to create dedicated factories and conducting factories and things like that, so that helps in order for us to provide an affordable price to consumers. That means a lot because part of the problems that they've been having since the PS3 with their game section, they've been bleeding money. They just can't, they're, they're not making enough money. So this means that a, they're going to be making money, which is good. We need them to, so that they can keep at this. Um, and then B, that means that the price of the console should theoretically, hopefully be even lower than the PS3 was when it was released. It better be. So in terms of, hold on a second, so we were looking at that. Oh, the other thing that was important too that they did not talk about during the actual press conference, but they were obviously asked by everybody afterwards, <laughs> was whether or not you would be able to play used games on the PS4 because that had been, there'd been rumors running rampant beforehand. And again, Yoshida confirmed that you will be able to play games, use games on the PS4. Well, it wasn't even that. It was the statement that he made about wanting to, wanting to support that part of the the industry, which was kind of intriguing, especially after all the recent uh, interviews and everything else we've been hearing over the last few weeks about how basically this battle's been going on for for years, years between game developers and, and, and you know used retail stores. And for somebody of that stature to actually say, no, we're going to keep supporting it, that throws a monkey wrench into a lot of other people's plans especially people like Microsoft. I think that what they need to do, sorry, hold on one second. Okay. My, again, (laughs) they they had started doing this a little bit, but they, they've kind of, you're not seeing it with everything right now. They need to go back to, let's give a perk to people who are buying new. So put in, like we saw with Nino Kuni, where you got your familiar ticket. When you bought brand new, you could get your little flutter by guy, which do you even use him? I don't even use him. No. Uh, he was useless, <laughs> but he was free. <laughs> so he came with it. So they need to do that with more things where you get a perk if you buy new. But if you don't care about that, you buy used, then fine. You get the game and at least you can play it. To me, I think they, they really need to concentrate more on that with the next or, gen of consoles. Or one of the other things they're doing, I think it was, what is it, Metro 2033? When you bought it used, there was a section of the game that you could actually, that, that was only reserved for new players for new, new purchases of it. And then if you bought it used, you could shell out uh, $8 to, uh, to the developer or to, I can't remember if it was the actual, if it was Sony or not, but I remember it was on the PS3 and you could unlock that portion of it. Like you could get that back. So it also, it let them have like get the game used, but still put some money back into the, 
the developer's pockets as well. Yeah, but and see, the only problem with that is that you're locking something that's already mm-hmm. on the disc. That's the problem. Sure. And it's all semantics because the DLCs often, day one DLC, are on there. They're just locked. But if, day if one DLC is on, it's a thing now. Yeah, it's so away. it's just that if something is locked out, I don't think that'll go as well in the face of consumers. But if it's something that you get a bonus of, if you yeah. buy, use, do the incentive for buying new, not a punishment for buying use essentially sure but then and you can also give it where you, you they can they can buy it later vince like, no know. talking for you tonight <laughs> so it, it, it's it's such a, a a small difference between the two things and I, I think it's a lot of the developers are going with the locking away content that should be there and we, we've seen it a lot with uh you know like locking up the multiplayer in a game that's not something that you should have to pay for if you buy the game used that's something that should be in the game so finding the difference there is actually Something that the industry is still working on, and I don't know if they're quite going in the right direction with it. But as far as the PS4 itself, I I don't know. They they didn't sound very confident when they were talking about the used games thing. They never flat out came out and said, everything's going to work fine. I mean, one quote here from Yoshida is, we really have to name our system and services for that to be able to explain more about it. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And it's one, it's one of those things that Sony has to know that this has been a big cloud hanging sure. over their announcement and not to definitively step up and, you know, to say, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. But it is they, worrisome. They did, but, though. Yoshida did. did in an interview say flat out it was with Euro, Eurogamer.net. It was flat out, yes, it will work. Now, that being said, he was really talking around a lot of the questions in that interview. You could see it and talking to yeah. the PR guy. And so, yeah, there was a lot of that. However, when it came to it, it was, no, you will be allowed. Now, granted, again, they've got 10 months to change their mind. So they may very well. But I think seeing how much flack they would have taken and seeing how much attention is given to it now, I don't think that they will change their mind on it. And even his yes wasn't a good enough yes for me, though. And just, again, PR, it it didn't quite ring as true as it should have for me. Right. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. The other right. thing, too, is the fact that this sucker is not going to play your PS3 games. Let's forget about PS1 and 2. It's not even going to play your PS3 games as it stands now. They are working with Gaikai in terms of some cloud gaming things where you'd be able to play them. But you're going to have to buy them again because that's all cloud-based. You're not going to be able to put your disc into play. Now, that to me is a huge Don't call it backwards compatibility if you have to buy it again. No, that I I, like... The, the thing that bothers me especially about that is that... um, And and it it may work in this case, I don't know. But you know how many games we've gotten for free by being Plus members... Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know if you guys are but I figured for the price it's actually f- with them I find it's much more worth it with Sony than it is with Microsoft because with Sony dude you're getting free stuff all the friggin time both on the PS3 as well as on the Vita I've got a ton of games for free on the Vita it's already paid off for itself with like hell Uncharted alone paid for my year of PlayStation Plus essentially right there um so I like I've got all these games now. Am I going to be able to download them again for free once the new service starts no. up and play them on the four? So basically, they, they, they people flat are going to PSN games aren't going to carry over. So you're going to have to hang on to your PS3 console and the PS4. I that really did not sit well with me at all. Personally, I'm one of those people who has never cared about backwards compatibility because I still do have all my old consoles. And even then, it's once I've moved on, I don't really very often feel like going back. Like I'm, I'm not the type of person, you know, unless I really have you know a strong urge to go, oh, let me go back and play one of those older games. It's not something I do on a regular basis. So I'm one of those consumers that doesn't care about backwards compatibility. See, but yeah, I but know what? what then there's me, and then there's me who I'm completely the opposite. Where backwards compatibility is a big thing for me in my game systems. Where like looking at the Wii U is a great example for me. One of the determining factors on it was that there were a bunch of games for the Wii that I didn't get to play before my Wii completely bit the dust and is gone now. And I never replaced the Wii because. There was a new console coming out, but I had these games sitting around. Like I had Zelda Skyward Sword that I wanted to play through again. I'm sorry. Or, 
But I'm, or I have, all the, I have other games that you know, are on the Wii that I wanted to play, but the Wii U can actually play them. So it was a big thing. It's like, okay, well, then I can spend the money on the Wii U. I can justify it because I can actually go back and do that. And you know, I like the idea of backwards compatibility. The PS3, you know, being able to play my older PS2 games on it, fantastic. I like not all of them, obviously, but for a good chunk of them, that's, that's great because I have a ton of PS2 games. And with the state of current like home electronics, the average person already has about six to eight devices in their living room for media playback. Why would I want to add one more just to play an older game? I mean, there, there's, there's only so many wires that I can hook up and so much space that I have. So backwards compatibility is a selling point to me. And let's look at, let's just say, because they're, they're rumor, rumoring, well, holiday season, but probably mid-November is what they're talking about. At what point are you going to stop buying games on your PS3 then? What's the point of buying a game on your PS3 in if September you're gonna have to or October if you're not going to be able to play it on that on the new shiny console that you're going to be buying? So you're going to have to leave them both. And, and again, yeah, we have the luxury that we can hold on to our old consoles and a lot of other people do but some people actually trade them in sell so that they can afford to then buy the next gen consoles that come up and again if you if again using again you know Kuni, just because it's such an amazing game and it takes forever to get through at 25 hours you're saying i'm not even halfway through the damn thing well if i had bought this game in october and new shiny ps4 is coming out in november i gotta leave them both hooked up until I'm done the, the, the game. And, and that's, that's actually really. a really good point, too, because I'm not going to buy that game now because Renee has already made a decision that she's going to buy a PS4. So I have no desire to actually buy that game because I'm just going to buy it again on whatever software service they have so that I can play it on the new console. Yeah. So, again, I think that's huge. And I know it's a logistical nightmare for them, but they need to figure out some software way of doing it. I know that hardware is inconceivable just because it costs too much. That's what we mm -hmm. found out with the PS3, but they need to figure out a software way of doing it where we can play those discs. It's a freaking Blu-ray player one way or another. There's, it the shouldn't same, read the disc. Same goddamn so media. find yeah. a way of coding it so that it can, it can work out with at least the PS3 games. At the very least, use your Gaikai technology. You, I put in a disc for a PS3 game. The Gaikai can stream the PS3 game to me because, like, like you said, yeah, hardware uh, backwards compatibility is horribly expensive to implement, and software backwards compatibility is iffy at best, as we've seen with the 360 playing the old uh, Xbox games. But they have the Gaikai technology there. There's no reason they should only use it for repurchasing. Now, yeah, they, they should have an option available to use that technology to, to its fullest. And it would, it would work well for them. It would speak well to them if they would find a way to do that, whether it's a proof of purchase code or something that, you know, generates on your current PS3 console when transferring over your data. Because we, Roger and I were just talking about this earlier about transferring data between consoles that verifies that you own this game in some manner and then plug it in and then you can stream it to the PS4. That would be something completely different. That would be something cool. Okay, yes. sticking with Gaikai now, what did you guys think about the what they're working on so that you can essentially try before you buy damn near anything in the PSN store? I PSN. think it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that for is me something people have been asking for for a long time. For me especially, like anytime I buy, you know, a little downloadable game, it's always an impulse purchase. I, there, there have been times I've spent points on an Xbox 360 game, played it for a half hour and realized I didn't like it. So this system alone is probably going to cost me money because I'll be like, oh, this is great, buy. And just without, you know, the extra steps involved. So I, I, I personally kind of hate it <laughs> just because it's going to cost me money, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because... I'll more than likely be playing good games, and it's great for Sony and all the developers. Yeah, and well, it's it's a re it's a good way to do it without just having to have like a dedicated demo download, which we've seen be kind of buggy in the past as well. When they have mm -hmm. to separate and and have a game that's like this is the demo only, or here just stream for thirty minutes. I forgot what game it was that had that. That was absolutely phenomenal. It just gave you a time limit. 
and you could just play as far as you can get. In uh, Reckoning was like that. That that was yeah. it. It was Reckoning. It was Reckoning. Oh, there's quite the a few of them now that are, are time trials like that. But but it mm-hmm. was really cool because you got to play the game with its full capacity to see if you actually liked it, as opposed to some of these demos where you can't cast spells. Uh, the Witcher 2 demo, you couldn't use half the fucking magic. So there was no point in playing the demo because it didn't actually give you the feel of the game. So this is phenomenal for that because... If it's just you get a time limit to stream this game, fantastic. I get to see everything without limitation in this game and make an informed decision on my purchase. It would basically be empowering me as a consumer uh, to make an educated choice with my game. We're looking at you, Colonial Marines. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Let's not go there. Actually, there's supposed to be an apology this week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Okay, let's move away from there to the what I think to be the last, quote-unquote, controversial kind of thing. And that is the real name ID that they're looking at implementing. Mm, You're going to be able to opt out and use a nickname if you want, but it sounds like they're going to be doing a lot of things that are going to be linked to that real name. They're making a big deal. And you have to wonder, did you guys not talk to Blizzard? The dude's right in the back (laughs) behind the curtain. Go talk (laughs) to him. Find out how well this went. Yeah, because people don't want this. But again, they're doing a lot of social stuff with the new console, tying into Facebook and all that crap. And so this is one of the, the other ones that I was looking at and kind of cringing saying, I don't want my name out there. I, I understand the social aspect that they're trying to implement nowadays. And it's not for the hardcore gamers. It's for the casual gamers. It's for the ones that, you know, post all their shit to YouTube and Tumblr and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it's for the Farmville I, mobs. I do that. Like that. Your Facebook mom, Roger Facebook Roger fans. was taking pictures of Nino Cooney with his iPad and posting them to Twitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> but to a certain degree, and and that's and it's understandable. And the PS4 is making that a little bit easier, and I think that's a trend we're going to see more often. And I'm okay with it as long as it's something I can turn off. Mm-hmm. Like if I can turn it off, like I was playing Mario U, and it has that social feature where players can leave notes for each other in the game like at different parts of the world, like, oh, you watch out for this, watch out for that, or they can leave spoiler notes and they can tag it as a spoiler. I like that feature, but I can turn it off. Like, I don't have to see it. I don't have to participate in see, it. See, I don't have that. I don't have a problem with the social aspects. It's the real name ID thing. And but the I mean, name ID thing as a whole is, is another thing too, because yeah. like you said, you don't want your name out there. Not everybody lives a public life in the gaming eye like I do. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, there are people out there that don't, that have like for, I know people personally that have, that can't have their personal names out there oh, yeah. with their gaming identities because of legal reasons due to their job or the government that, you know, if they work for a government agency or things like that. So this is probably, if unless they do something spectacular, like turning this off and away, it's going to push some of those people away. Okay. And, and just in the grand scheme of things, you know, neither of us are women. Neither, also, none of us are women. And, you know, yeah, Joe, you're Hispanic. Roger, you're French. But those aren't necessarily. Oh, people bad come after me because of say. the French. <laughs> like, if you're. <laughs> Nobody you know, likes the French. Muslim descent or something, and you're using your real name online, people are going to be jerks to you about it. And I'm sorry. That's just the way the community is. The community is full of assholes that are going to do that just you because that's your name. being French all the time. But that makes it, 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 as a counterpoint that, that, to that, funny. though, <laughs> it is funny. But the counterpoint to that is, in in, in the real real name aside, like giving the, the ability to pe- of people to have a nickname or something like that helps with that. But that's going to also speak to the moderation that they're going to have to have in place for all this as well, and what they're going to do about it. That's a question that hasn't been asked. Well, that's no yet. different than now than people's usernames now that are but I'm grossly just, inappropriate. So, but we're seeing we're thing. seeing we're seeing companies like Microsoft is taking a much more aggressive stance on stuff like that. Sony not so much, and with Sony getting so big into the social thing, I'm actually very surprised that this was not asked yet. Is what type of monitoring and and, and what type of internal uh, sort of uh, chaperoning they're going to wind up doing? Microsoft has actually invested fairly heavily into that, and Xbox Live. And, you know, everybody jokes about it being this this big old dumping ground for 12-year-olds. They've gotten a lot more aggressive in their cleanup. And I know this because my 9-to-5 job, I've had to make a shit ton of firmware adjustments to accommodate their monitoring software for stuff like that. So, I mean, they they 
that's one company that's making an aggressive move towards it. What is Sony going to do with that, especially with trying to go into the social like this? What are the, how are they going to try to protect their users, if at all? Okay, let's move on. Um, the other thing, too, that we found out, and this was, again, the, uh, the guy from Gaikai was talking about this, where he was saying that it's going to be a learning console that actually monitors your tastes, what you're playing, what you're looking at, what you're downloading, so that it can actually preemptively send new content to your system so that if you're interested in trying it, you can try it immediately. They're saying that they're going to be having... Um, download streaming as well because they've got actually an extra chip just to handle the downloads, which is freaking brilliant. Yeah, so it's that long enough for them you to can that. well, it, it, the fact that they came up with it and thought of it to me is good enough. Uh, honestly, that, you know, six seven years ago, however long it was, who who would thought that would be necessary? Yeah, well, nowadays, yeah, you do. Well, yeah, but how, when were but they designing other, the PS3? Yeah, that's that's stuff that other technologies have been doing for a while now. Just you know, tablets, phones. Seven, eight years ago? No. Okay, moving on. <laughs> My point was, you're going to be able to be literally pressing a button, if it goes according to plan, pressing a button and starting to play a game that you want to, that you're purchasing or trying. And the kind of working around your tastes and downloading content to your system, that'll depend on how big your hard drive is, but the way they're talking, it's going to be large. So I kind of think this is fairly freaking cool um i'm interested interested in seeing what how the it'll actually be implemented and how well it'll work but because when you're looking at if you like this you may like this they're not always the same kind of things it all depends on the kind of coding that goes in and how they what kind of games they're they're slapped into what genre um but still it's going to make it fairly interesting going through the psn store and and trying out new games i can already see one problem with it and that would be multiple user households that share an id yeah but they should it should be tailored by user hey, i deal with that on my netflix account they can deal with that on their playstation yeah but so. uh, like in, in the netflix thing aside i mean think of renee's interests compared to mine there's gonna be a whole lot of fucking my little pony on there yeah. you should see my netflix queue <laughs> okay okay let's move away from the actual console now and let's talk about the controller sure. which was pretty much identical to the leaked pictures that came out. Um, we're looking at that funky touchpad at the top, which is very similar to the touchpad in the back of the Vita. The Vita and yeah. then there's the share button, but we'll get to that a little later on. They're using a light now on the controller that's going to work with the new light bar that they've got to easily identify characters and players and whatnot. And then there's a speaker on the controller as well. There's better rumble on it, which... I, I've never been one that really cared that much about Rumble, but some people do. Rumble is one of those technologies that when it first came out, a lot of games were using it really creatively, and now it's just generic. Yeah, and then it's got a headset jack as well. So that share button is pretty much the most important thing on it because they are taking the social aspect to new heights with this, wherein they're making it insanely easy to take screenshots or videos of your gameplay and upload it right away to YouTube or whatever. But they're also making it so that you can stream on the fly to Ustream. So they've got a partnership with Ustream for for this now. Um, Let alone the social aspect that they've put in with friends where friends can watch you playing. They can offer you health potions and weapons as you're playing, or you can even let them take control of the game and play it remotely to get you through some hard spots. Um, There's a ton that they're putting in here in terms of social. Now, the, the Ustream and videos alone to me is damn near a system seller for me. And I know mm-hmm. for a lot of other people too, like we've had to buy additional $200 <laughs> piece of hardware devices. To, Mine yeah. still doesn't freaking work, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> but we've had to buy. Yeah, I won't be buying Elgato this weekend, exactly. by the way. <laughs> well, actually they, I shipped it back to them. So they were, they were good with the service in terms of, they said, yeah, it's obviously defective. Send it back. Where they failed was I had to be the one to pay for fucking shipping oh. on this new thing. So I spend 20 bucks to send it back so that they can send me one that works. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Elgato, you're not getting props here, okay? Um, anyways, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but this here, 
Microsoft had better put something very, very friggin' similar in Durango because this for a lot of people, that's become huge now. Putting videos up like we do oh, yeah. is huge. Streaming your play- gameplay, huge. There's so much attention being put into esports right now where people are watching other people play games and enjoying it. So this is actually just massive. I, I absolutely love that. And then the social aspects with your friends too, that's actually pretty freaking awesome. Like again, if I'm playing Nino Kuni and Numnuts here sees me playing, I'm not doing well in a fight. He can toss me a potion or he can offer a tip on how to do different things. Like see that, I, that I'm a little, I loved I'm it. a little weird. I'm a little on the fence about like, I love the idea of streaming that part of it, though, with the, the friends watching, it depends, again... But you can turn it um, off if you don't want to. But did they explicitly say that? Well, I'm certain they'll allow you to turn that but, off. Okay, I, and we were certain that Blizzard's I'm real idea was going to be allowed to turn it off as well. <laughs> I, that's the thing. Like the, 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 and I hate to say it like this, but the trolling potential, which is a huge thing in the gaming community as well, which anybody who's you know been on Reddit for more than well, five minutes will know. you like that. They shouldn't be on your friend's yeah, list. Yeah, but exactly. It's just going to be on but, your friend's list. But that's list. the thing. Like, they didn't explicitly say that it's only going to be people on your friend's list. Pretty they sure didn't, they did. They did, yeah. I, I did not see that. Yes, it's going to be your friends. Yes. They, they said your friends, but... That unless they specifically say it has to be people on your list, which I have not seen that statement. They cannot possibly allow anyone to go into really. Your they to can't watch possibly you. allow it. No, they won't allow that. I, you, you I will argue another, black and blue. Uh, they will not. Case in allow point: that. other companies that have been are lar- have uh, as large as Sony or you know have a big footprint for their games have made similar errors in judgment and still haven't fixed them. So it's a matter of it's you can't just say that they won't. We have to wait and see because oh. unless they specifically say that. The, well, the they, they did though. They specifically really, really said your friends. That implies that, your no, friends that, list. It doesn't imply anybody. At that point, you can't go with implying. Oh, I am. I am. I, I, we'll, we'll move on. We'll agree to disagree. I'm, but I'm kind of with Roger. Yeah, there's <laughs> no way in hell they will do that. Um, mm-hmm. See, then uh, we're looking at they're putting in a different kind of. PlayStation I. So this one is actually going to have dual cameras so it can actually sense a uh, the, the depth of the environment, they're saying. It's going to track 3D locations of the controller via the, the light bar. It's going to have four microphones on it and it's going to support the move controllers, which they're trying to get people to use more, like a medium molecules. Yeah, really. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see what they do with that because frankly, our I is not used for anything on our PlayStation four better with connect. Yeah, really? Well, they, they, they also put it in there that it's going to be able, it has a higher uh, differentiation rate as well. So it's able to pick out uh, better the human from the background so that you're not going to get that artifacting at the corners that you see in like, you know, dance revolution or whatever the hell it is, or the Michael Jackson game or some of the other games that use the, the move or the connect. You don't have that weird border around them like that aura. That's what they're trying to get rid of, which I think it'll be interesting to see how that works. The only thing that I can see it working well with will be different types of, especially RPGs or or action RPGs, where it is two people playing on the couch, where then the color of the controller will have an impact on what you're seeing on the screen and where the attention is placed. That's where I can see that coming in real handy. Um, now, the console, the console is also going to have a new suspend mode, essentially, which is just going to be... It's, it's always on, essentially, just either in suspend mode or on, obviously. And so that way you'll be able to press a button and boom, you're ready to go. You're going to be able to pause games and just let it go into suspended mode and then just start up on the fly. Plus, it's going to allow multitasking so you can actually have a couple of games on the go. So that's kind of cool. It, it'll, it'll be nice to get past the 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 load up times. Granted, the PS3 is not that bad. Freaking Wii U. Oh, dude. Go make a sandwich while you're waiting for it to start up. I Even with the new firmware updates they did it still takes too bloody long for that thing to start up it, it's an incredibly minor feature but once it's there we'll get used you, to you it. realize just how yeah. how integral the like i haven't turned off my 3ds in Ever. five six months like it, it i pick it up there's the game so yeah. it, it, it is very handy yet minor feature yeah. The other thing that I, especially I was really interested in, their long-term plan is to make most PS4 games playable on the PS Vita. 
this is huge. They made a big deal because mm-hmm. Vita's not doing as well as they thought it would. They made a big deal of talking about the cross playing and being able to play again damn near any game on the Vita. And I love that. And it's essentially the same thing as what we're seeing with, with again, going to the Wii U, where somebody wants to watch TV, fine, they watch TV, you can continue playing your game, some of them, not all, on your your gamepad. Well, this is going to be the same thing. You're going to be able to continue gameplay on the Vita. I I love that. I think it's going to depend on how that's going to impact development and what limitation it's going to put on the games. Because if there's going to be any, because it is different architecture, it is different technology, um, but and as, even, far, as far ahead. as I understand, it's just video streaming. They're not actually playing yeah. the game on your Vita. That's right. So as long as you're in the same house Wi-Fi, it's just going to stream the information over to your Vita so you can play. Well, they were the way they were talking about some games like uh, that little weird robot thing. Um, the hell was the name of it? Oh, well, that's that was, di- that, yeah, that's different. That that's where you know you you can swap the game. That's not streaming the actual gameplay to the Vita. Yeah, that, but that's I mean, but that's. Analogies. It's going, it's going to depend on which way they're going to lean more heavily towards. Because then at that point, too, then you're also looking at an always-on system. How much bandwidth is it going to choose? People that have limited bandwidth per month, how is that going to affect it? Mm-hmm. Like th- That's going to raise a whole other uh, well, set of concerns. Well, it's not going to make any difference for your bandwidth because it's going to be in your house. It's just going to use your Wi-Fi. It's going to stream using your Wi-Fi. That's all. I got the impression that they were looking at having it even when it wasn't on the Wi-Fi. Well, we'll it see. It might be an option. I, I don't know. Yeah. My, so, I mean... My- my only potential concern is the Vita only has one set of shoulder buttons, right? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certain ones if they have the so bumper controls and the trigger, may be yeah. a little iffy. Yeah, yeah, potentially. That, that's my only concern. Um, but they're also that, going to be having don't have a, a Vita, so, <laughs> dude, I've been playing mine a ton more recently because again they keep throwing games at us through the PlayStation Plus. So I've been downloading them all and trying them, and then on top of that, the um, the <laughs> I've been buying some of the new quirky indie ones, like this Rocket Birds, which is freaking brilliant. I love it. So I've been really playing it. A hell- oh, and dude, I've been, you'd be so proud of me. I've been playing Persona 4. Or no, sorry, nice. 3. Not 4, 3. Because I want to. I have 1 and 3, so I figure I'll play through them. And I got stuck in 1, could not figure out what the hell I was supposed to do. So I've given up on that one. Plus, I hated the controls. So I've been playing 3, which is... Vince, did you play 3? Oh, yes. Dude. What kind? I we're like way off track here, but <laughs> the first time I saw them summoning their personas, yes, in this game, I'm thinking that must have caused a hell of a backlash from communities against gaming. Not because really, because nobody had really it was heard of Japan. the game. It was Man. so you know niche. Vince like, or Joe, do you know what this is? When you summon your persona in Persona yeah. Three, you put a gun to your temple. Yeah, blow, and then it goes shot the other side, and, and Persona mm-hmm. comes out. Dude, oh my god, I was laughing. The, the game didn't sell enough for anybody to really care. Really care? Wow. Well, I'm part way through now. So, anyways, but just to say, <laughs> I've been carrying the Vita with me now all the time, and I've actually been gaming more on it than I, I have on my iPad, which is saying a hell of a lot. So, the fact that I can expect a lot more is very cool. Now, speaking of the iPad, though, they are going to have a PlayStation app for iPhone, iPad, and Android, which is essentially going to be the same as Microsoft's Glass that they've got for their console now. So, it's going to be interesting to see, because it's just going to be there, and from there it's the developers, whether or not they actually want to use it. But even from what we saw from developers at this conference, um, a lot of them will be making use of, especially an iPhone or iPad app, to be able to stay immersed in your game all the time. So I think that's fairly awesome. Uh, The other thing we're looking at is Again, that we were wondering because of the rumors beforehand, will it require an always-on connection? And once again, Yoshida said, no. You can play on... I like how he said it, though. Social is big for us, but we understand there are some people who are anti-social. <laughs> so if you don't want to connect to anyone else, you can do that. It's not that we're anti-social. I know I am, but some people just don't know who's on. Um so what are we talking about here next? Why don't we just actually jump into the games that were there? Because we've talked about the Guy Kai stuff quite a bit. So first up, we had Guerrilla Games go, and they were talking about Killzone, um, Shadowfall. Um, Vince, I'll let you tackle this one. What did you think of it? When it first started off, I was actually kind of into it because the graphics were great. It was bright. It was colorful. It was vivid. It was something we hadn't seen from the Killzone franchise previously. 
point of reference, I've never played any Killzone game, but I've looked <laughs> at them and haven't had any interest in them. So even just looking at it and going, huh, this might be something I mentioned. It looked very Mass Effect, had just cool sci-fi stuff going on. I was like, man, this game looks really cool. And then that bomb goes off. And from there until the end, the entire game was brown again. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, guys. And it was, it, it just became, you know, generic shooter. So, but when you look at it, they, they, they had my of, interest with the setting and then ruined it by making it a kill zone game. In terms of the actual graphics and what you're looking at, though, I mean, when you're seeing pink cherry blossom petals floating around all over the place the reflections and the textures in the glass all over the place um when you're seeing him hanging on to the uh, the the cable outside of the flying spaceship whatever that thing was and there did not appear to be any drop in the frame rates at all in terms of like next gen maybe not necessarily gameplay but appearance holy crap it looks phenomenal Oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to doubt that. So, um, next up we got, <laughs> this is more for me, <laughs> the Drive Club uh, Evolution Studios. I knew you Studios. were going to love this. Dude, it was freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, Evolution Studios were talking about this, how they've been wanting to make this. This was a game 10 years in the making. I'm thinking, okay, you mean, maybe you haven't checked out Forza and Gran Turismo. You can make good-looking games on these consoles, too. Uh, but this is going to Gran be... Gran Turismo was like 12 years in the making. <laughs> yeah. Um, very, very social. So it fits perfectly with the four, obviously, where you're going to be able to set up races all over the place, the best locations in the world, they're saying. You can do asynchronous races as well, which is phenomenal for you know race when you can get to the race. Um, the the detail was exceptional on this to the point of the the suede on the seats, depending on how the you're going to turn into AI this guy say, and oh, you know, start making faces on stage, man, aren't you? <laughs> awesome! It was awesome. Um, and then of course they're going to do they're going to be working on an iPhone app, tablet app as well to go with it, so you can schedule from your apps and things like this. I know that you guys aren't huge driving fans, but man, this was. Oh, Oh, this is this is gonna be awesome. This, <laughs> I'm gonna be all over this. That's for damn sure. <laughs> well, even I without being it. a driving fan, it looks cool. Yeah, I, I loved absolutely everything I saw about this game. I just don't want to play it. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I will. I will be playing this all the time. Now, put all those features into a burnout game. Now we're talking. Well, the, <laughs> you're gonna see that kind of thing already. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. So that's that goes without saying. Well, uh, there you go. Okay, uh, Joe. What did you think about the next Infamous game? You know, I, I wasn't as excited as I thought I was going to be. It looks like a cool thing. It looks like it's kind of nifty, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I just was never really that into the infamous games to begin with. I just think I'm kind of done with the series, personally. Hmm. Okay. Vince? Kind of the same. I was really interested in it until I found out it was infamous. Like, I, I played the first infamous. It was incredibly generic to me. I, I had no interest in checking out the second. So this game is really going to have to amaze me to, to draw my interest. The this downside is that I think prototype did a much better job of that style of game. I liked prototype more than that. Yeah. I won't disagree mm -hmm. with you on that. That's for damn sure. Um, this was another one though, that we only saw. Yeah. It was only video footage. We didn't actually see any in game. So I'm guessing there's still quite a few months of development left on that one. And that was, of course, Sucker Punch. I went up and talked about that. Then we got uh, Jonathan Blogo up, who is a guy who worked on Braid, to talk about his next game, which is called The Witness. It's basically a puzzle game <laughs> with no missed. filler. Talking, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's missed. Yeah. It's not a next-gen console no. game. Not by no, it's a missed. long shot. <laughs> but... It, it looked interesting it. as all hell. Yeah, I'll play it, but I'll be calling it Miss the entire fucking time. So, so curious what's going to come of that. The, the actually the most interesting thing from his whole presentation because you know he really made his name on Braid, which Microsoft really helped him out with. And one of the reasons he mentioned for coming over to Sony for this game is that Sony's giving developers a lot more freedom. And, of course, that's really been the main issue with uh, 360 is, you know, they're very restrictive over what they do. But the one thing he mentioned is that they even gave them freedom over pricing, which yes. could be a huge win for everybody. Yep. Well, yeah, Not I mean, every game is going to be $14.99. That right there, because if you have a developer that wants to throw a game up for, you know, two bucks, they can. You know, I like that. I like the idea that they're giving that much freedom to the indie developers because, I mean... Hell, most of my top games over the last couple of years have been indie games. 
it's I'd like to see more of them. It's something we're in. There's there's a lot of indie developers that are of the same mindset that you're going to make more money with quantity versus just a few high price buyers. So sell the game cheap, you're going to sell a hell of a lot more and make more money than if you sell it for a lot more to a lot less people. So I think that that will mean, and and because of the support that they're putting in for indie developers, that we're going to see a lot of phenomenal deals, which is going to mean a ton of sales all the time for them. Uh, Next up, we had David Cage go up and he showed that old man face demo. (laughs) <laughs> which, which I mean, meant nothing in terms of gaming, but holy crap in hell did it ever go well to show what this system is going to be capable of doing. That was, it was lifelike. It was unbelievable. Uh, and then from there we got Media Molecule took the stage. And I mean, these are the guys that did Little Big Planet. So you know that they look at very creative games that really put you in the quote-unquote driver's seat in terms of what you can do on a console, whether it's building your own platform levels via Little Big Planet or doing racing um, uh, tracks and different things like that. So here they were looking at what they'd be able to do with the PS4. And so you saw how they used the move. They really came to, to like the move and using it for sculpting and making various things and little animation things and whatnot and then they did this weird claymation rock band thing um the thing that struck me about this though is that i can remember you know jesus 15 years ago maybe damn near 20 years ago working with my eldest son when he was working on little claymation videos and the move a little bit snap move a little snap taking pictures all along the way and then working through that and we're at the point now where i can work with my youngest kid on here and do so much more and better making these little claymation type little digital videos it was it was in terms of the creative person in me and again my son's the same way too and making these little videos and stuff i thought it was freaking awesome i really really thought this was phenomenal okay (laughs) but it's i know i know it's not going to be a quote unquote it's not going to be a game and most people won't have any use for it i i I just i just don't know if this particular press conference was the right time to spend that amount of time on it yeah i would yeah i won't disagree with that but i thought it was cool uh next up we got capcom who talked about their new engine oh. that they're working on, the Panta Ray oh. codename, and they talked about uh, Deep Down. Okay, well, I got the groaning. What did you think? No, that's not groaning. That's, <laughs> that was him needing There's new his... pants. Because Capcom is such a bipolar company. They, they will crank out the same crappy you know, Resident Evil games year in and year out, while at the same time, other aspects of the company are doing really creative stuff. I mean, look no farther than Dragon's Dogma last year. I loved that game. So what we're seeing here with uh, Deep Down it seems to be this, you know, sort of Demon Souls, sort of Dragon's Dogma, incredible graphics. <sighs> like if they if they can make a game as fun as Dragon's Dogma was, with a more traditional like Demon Souls sort of setting with those graphics, I'm 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 almost sold already. The it was hard to tell whether or not that was actual in-game footage or if it was just pre-recorded video, but it looked phenomenal. And what crossed my mind, of course, is thinking if Bethesda can get their hands on this engine <laughs> and the next Elder Scrolls comes out using that, can you imagine an Elder Scroll that looked like that game? It was incredible. Absolutely beautiful. And then the next up, of course, we got Square Enix and they have (laughs) their engine as well. (laughs) And so they showed off their video, a portion of that video we'd already seen online last year, but that was for PC. This is what it looks like on the PS4, which was absolutely fantastic. It looked great. So it is going to make it so that the next Final Fantasy games, which obviously there's going to be one coming out, as they said, which was the dumbest announcement of the night. (laughs) I'm here just to tell you there will be a fantasy game. Final Fantasy. Well, duh. We kind of knew that. I'm here to announce the announcement. Yeah, there will be an announcement (laughs) later on. Yeah, that was, was, I just sat there, I was like, thanks. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for stating that. We never would have guessed it. Because without. you know when he walked out on stage, everybody was getting excited. Like that is Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but again, we're getting a bunch of different engines. They also at the very top of the uh, the gaming stuff, they did show off the Unreal Four engine, mm-hmm. um, which looks absolutely incredible. So that's gonna a lot of game developers are gonna be using that as well. So we've seen so far like three different high-end engines that are each looking absolutely fantastic. Uh, next up, we got Ubisoft, who talked about Watch Dogs. And again, this is one of the games that people are the most excited for. So it was good to hear what they're doing with it. We didn't really get that much more information, but they, in terms of like what's going to be different with the console, they did more talking about it after the conference where they were saying like it's just going to be everything's going to be ramped up because they have that much more power to play with that for that version there's going to be that much more going on at the same time because we found out as well that there are actually going to be other players in your world periodically as well yes so the always on not always on but the the social aspects of the ps4 are really going to work with that well the the demo was a little bit different here more daylight stuff. Um, again, more about controlling everything around, all the electronics around and all that. It was a damn good demo. It, it wasn't, again, it didn't give that much more information, but it was pretty freaking awesome. It didn't sell me on the PS4, but it, I don't know if I could have been more on Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs but <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> what it did is it made me wonder again how much is going to be going into it for the Wii U, which is not what they wanted me thinking during this, but it did because... <laughs> Joe and I were actually talking about that. Too. Yes, we were. <laughs> I, how much more can they do with that other screen that, screen that is perfectly suited to this type of game? Well, the, also it's going to depend too what happens with the, the other developers because, I mean, we haven't heard if the PS4 is going to have anything like Smart Glass, like the new... Well, it is. You know, that's the, it's going to have right. the the PlayStation app. So yeah, that's the even, thing. But where, even then, it's a different. It's a separate piece of hardware. So it's not the yeah. same Wii U. Well, right, no, I understand that. But I mean, like some of the functionality, they could probably do something similar. It all depends. They're still going to be able to do quite a bit with the PlayStation app. It's going to be the very same as Glass for Microsoft. So as long as it's connected at the same time while you're playing a game, it should be able to stream stuff to it. So. It should work. Now, that being said, maybe not as smoothly as the Wii U because it's it's built right into it. I don't know. But, and I mean, if the Wii U can have HD graphics and play the game and give you the additional stuff, I'll be picking up the Wii U version. So I'm saying, theoretically, the Wii U, all of your cell phone controls in the game could be on the touchpad because it's the same controller. Whereas you can't really do that on the others because you'd have to put it, put down your controller to pick up the tablet. Yeah, and that's the downside. The same thing is when they announced that glass for Microsoft, I was saying the same thing. It's going to be not nearly as intuitive because of that. The only way, and, the, and, and I'm sure they won't do it, but it would be an additional control is if they allow you to control it with your Vita, which some games will be doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you can, like uh, Medium Molecule again is doing it with Little Big Planet, where you can have the Vita controller or, for one. Or- or if they went back to the old school uh, a little bit and updated it. I don't know if you guys remember, there used to be a controller for the Dreamcast that actually was basically the middle of it was just an empty shell. It was elongated so that you could put, uh, you know, in this particular case, it was a keyboard or an additional video source on that controller. You could rest it in it. So, I mean, I could see them trying to make extra money off of the peripheral by making a controller that wraps around a tablet. Joe, do you really think there's a peripheral for Dreamcast I don't own? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Fair enough. next up on stage, and this was the surprise, was Blizzard. And eh, it was funny really because surprised. they go up and they're talking, and I'm thinking, you know what? They'd been talking about this for a while, hiring console developers and things like that, and I'm thinking maybe they did something We all knew new. it was coming. We were just hoping it was going to be something different. And sure enough, yeah. I saw the three lines, and it was like, crap. So they're putting D3 on both the PS3 and the PS4. And it was funny how unenthusiastic the crowd was with their clapping. <laughs> well, they when you were get a, when you get a game that's... hair fluttering from everybody groaning at the same time. 
It was one of those things where, like, every like we expected it. When they started development on Diablo 3, they were hiring console people from the Diablo 3 team. Like, you knew it was coming. It, it was written on the wall years ago. It was just, who the fuck gets excited for it at this point? The game's been out for how long? It's substandard subscription rates. Most of the people that have it have it because they got it for free. I mean, and then putting it on the PS3 is supposed to be some, or PS4 is supposed to be some big announcement, or PS3 at the, it's like, I, I I don't know. I would have rather have seen, like, an updated rock and roll fucking racing compared to this shit. Oh, Blackthorn 2. I would have been there day one. Black Blackthorn 2. Uh, rock and roll racing. Another Lost Vikings game. Hmm. But, I so. mean, if, if Diablo 3 had been a better game, then, sure. of course, oh, it would yeah. be very different. Because you would have had this whole new audience. And go, oh, man, I've always wanted to play Diablo 3, but I don't play games on PC. Like, just when Torchlight came to Xbox Live Arcade, that gave them that much bigger of an audience to enjoy the game. Just, unfortunately... It was Diablo three. My only my only thing is I hoping that this doesn't discourage Blizzard from future endeavors on the console like the PS4, because they've always had a minor presence. Like the original Diablo had a PlayStation presence. Um, they had StarCraft on the. You know, they, 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 they could have announced they, Diablo two for PS4. <laughs> they could have announced Diablo for PS4 and gotten a fucking huge ass response for it. But, but I would like I'd like to see them. I'd like to see this be the first step of some traditionally PC only. Uh, companies again making that gap, bridging that gap between console and PC. I'd like to see more of it. Yeah. So again, and and like you were saying, had D three been a better game, a lot of people probably would have bought it again for the the PS four. I mean, if when I was knee deep in D two had a console version of it also come out, I probably would have picked it up. Oh, God, no yeah. problem. So, I mean, this is one that had it been as good as it the game should have been, then, yeah, we would pick it up again. But like this, oh, my God, it, it made everybody groan. There was, uh, yeah, I was... Although if you put Torchlight 2 on a console system, I'll probably buy it there as well. I will. I would. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Five or six times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, next up, we got Activision that went up, and they talked about... Their, their partnership with Bungie to put out Destiny. We'd been hearing more about Destiny the weeks before this press conference. Um, so it's no big surprise that they are working with Sony for the, to put it out on the PS4. And there is going to be some exclusive PS content as well that they're going to be putting out, which I'm quite certain they'll do the same with the, the other consoles. Well, not maybe not necessarily Microsoft. Maybe they're a little pissed off with Microsoft and they won't. Um, Nothing extraordinary here that we haven't Where's already the seen. Game? It's it's again. There's this is still <laughs> this, this, so far. This in thing development. has been the biggest story of the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Where's the game? <laughs> Don't show me concept art. This isn't freaking Game Informer. Where's the game? It's going to be a while before we see anything for this. I think. Then don't announce it. Yeah. Well, they're. <laughs> trying to drum up interest right or now. if you're going to announce it don't make we it this huge this. press event and invite every you know reporter in you know the western hemisphere so and that was I'm basically it <laughs> all right <laughs> and that was basically it for the night so in terms of the console itself knowing the pros and the cons of it be, and, and let's not work on the, well, it'll depend on this and this and this. Based on what we know right now, in terms of the tech specs, in terms of let's assume no backwards compatibility, not going to need always on, and it will play, use games. Buy or sell, or would you buy it right now, Vince? Well, I haven't bought any hardware day one since the Dreamcast. So based on that alone, no, but this is the closest I've ever been. Okay, Joe? I think that we're not going to see the full potential of the system until a little while after it's released. So no, it's it's not until that point. Hmm. I'm surprised. I'm actually, if, if it came out now, and it, yeah, it depends on the price, of course, if it's an arm and a leg, no. But if it comes out at a reasonable amount, and by reasonable, I mean actually less than what the PS3 came out with initially. Came out <laughs> well, for, please. Uh, I got my car. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but no, I would actually. I am really impressed with the tech specs on this thing. And from what we saw for some of the games especially, you can really see how next-gen graphics, once developers have been working on this for a couple of years, I mean, even the, the, the initial stuff is going to be phenomenal, but I mean, this thing is going to really, really last 
do very well, especially because of the architecture is going to be so easy to code for. Now, absolutely everything we know about the PlayStation 4 definitely makes me want one day one. Just personally, I never buy hardware until, you know, all the bugs can be shaken out. Meh. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> okay. With Ask that. anybody who bought an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, but, dude, most people who have UPS Xbox. was the only one that had fun with that situation. Yeah, well, for years afterwards, too. So this actually really raises the bar now, too, for what we can expect from Microsoft. And people are talking about when Microsoft is not going to have their press conference for codename Durango right now. Um, they're saying that they probably will be before E3 because they will want something like what Sony did where it's just their own press conference just to talk about this. Um, they've been showing a lot more about what we can expect from Durango and how it's going to come with, same as this one, it's going to come with a Connect, Connect 2.0 that is far more powerful and going to be able to do a lot more. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do and what we can expect from them and with, with the next uh, Xbox as well. They're, they're really going to have to come out hard because Sony, Sony really had their backs against the wall here. They, this, if this didn't work out for them, they, they might be out of the video game business. So they came out swinging and swinging hard. So Microsoft has a lot to live up to. Yeah. Okay, and that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Thanks for listening. Of course, you can find out more at internetdragons.tv. We've got a bunch of videos there as well as in this channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got some various gaming reviews there and gaming videos. Again, go to the site and you can follow us on Twitter as well at Internet Dragons. Thanks for watching. <laughs>